The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. As we have done in April, whereby uh, the countries that had uh, agreed to uh, do the voluntary cuts uh, have extended that voluntary cuts to end of 24. And uh, I would have to call it the Saudi lollipop, which is a million barrel of reduction uh, for the start that starts the 1st of July. And it, that million is also extendable. That was Saudi Arabia's energy minister, Prince Abdulaziz bin Salman al Saad, talking about cuts in oil production last weekend. The implications of the Gulf state's crude cull is the focus of this week's Newsroom. Welcome back to the Newsroom, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. Saudi Arabia is culling its oil production in an effort to boost global prices of crude. OPEC Plus, a group of oil producing countries, are also extending cuts to the end of 2024. So here to explain to me what all of this means is George Hay, who leads our EMEA team at Breaking Views, and Yawen Chen, who is our oil and gas expert. Yawen, George, you are very welcome to the newsroom. Thanks. Thanks. So, yeah, well, I think I'll start with you because there was a buzz of activity in the oil market at the weekend. OPEC Plus, which is this you know, group of countries, Russia, Nigeria, that all basically decide how much oil is turned out into the world. But they came to an agreement. So what was that agreement? So basically on Sunday in Vienna, there's a physical in-person meeting. And apparently the talks went on for seven hours because they're trying to decide on, you know, what, what they're going to do in in the face of this very weak oil market. And Saudi Arabia, which is the only country that has spare capacity to kind of reduce or increase their output um, at will, also also is, is almost like a de facto leader of the bloc. Um, they've managed to bring everybody on to, into the table to um, agree on extending the existing production cut um, until the end of 2024. So those cuts were originally going to expire by the end of this year. But it, it's also notwithstanding that um, the UAE has actually managed to increase their production quota um, in the opposite direction. And they have not announced like additional very steep cuts, except that Saudi Arabia has taken a voluntary um, measure to cut 1 million barrels per day in July alone. Um, apparently as an effort to squeeze out the short, short sellers in the market. Okay. So, George, why, give us a bit of context about Why are they doing all this? Why are they doing all this? Yeah. Why is Saudi Arabia The whole thing is extremely confusing because there's OPEC plus OPEC, people doing mandatory cuts, people doing kind of voluntary cuts, and it's all extremely confusing. But um, the bottom line is that if you're uh, Prince Abdul Aziz bin Salman, the, the Saudi energy minister, um, your kind of the exam question that you're trying to answer is um how do i get the oil price back up again like comfortably sustainably above 80 dollars a barrel because that's where the that's the, the so-called fiscal break-even level which is where saudi budget balances this year and today um, as we're speaking it's 77 right right yeah so it's just so, so and it's not and it's 
it's not above that level and it's extremely annoying to uh abdul aziz that it's not because um if you look at like a lot of forecasters and people who know the physical market they can see they they're pretty sure that the market's tightening with i.e the balance between supply and demand is getting tighter and uh that should in all, all things be equal mean the prices go up and also the other thing obviously is that investors look forward so if you can see if, if you can see that market's going to tighten probably in q3 for various reasons um you would assume that prices should go up and prince abdul aziz can see all this and uh, extremely annoyingly for him the price isn't going up and the question is like well, why and um it seems to be that well various factors a lot of people are assuming that um uh, a load of um oil will be taken off the market because because uh, Russia wouldn't be exporting it because of various obvious reasons to do with the war. Um, that, for various reasons, hasn't been the case. A lot of Russian oil is still sloshing out there. Uh, there's also stuff going on with, um, you know, the, the Chinese rebound uh, uh, from the COVID lockdowns uh, hasn't been kind of like, you know, it's been tangible, but it hasn't been out the park kind of level um and uh the and more generally people who trade oil are just focusing most of their worries on there's going to be a recession they we're worried about there's going to be a recession when you have a recession people use less oil less economic activity all that kind of stuff so the trouble for prince abdul aziz is that he can he can he's pretty sure the direction of travel but the people people he needs to convince the oil traders who set the price of oil are not playing ball and so that all explains why as Yarwan said they've tried to roll forward this OPEC plus agreement uh where they they're already cutting a lot more they're already pumping a lot less than they otherwise would do and they've rolled that forward to 2024 which obviously means that you'll have a load less oil in 2024 but Saudi on top of that is saying we're going to show leadership or just kind of you know we're also you know the ones you know also said we're the ones with the spare capacity we're the kind of swing producer we are going to voluntarily say as a kind of highly important symbolic act we're going to cut one million uh barrels a day from our normal they, they usually do like they can do 11 even 12 in the extremists but they're going to go down to nine in july and that isn't that is like it's like a central bank trying to go, you know, don't don't you know don't push us don't you know we because you know we can we can push we 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 can we can cut our production as much as we like. And nine um, million is like and nine million is ever since yeah. So it's a long time. Yeah, a long time uh, when you know it's obviously still kind of the aftermath of COVID and all that kind of stuff. So so the upshot is like um, if you're uh, if you're Saudi, what you're trying to do is like freak people out. You're trying to kind of, you're trying to say to the traders, stop mucking around, worrying about recessions. Focus on the fact that we're the swing producer and we're cutting load from the market. And that will that you know if we if we do that for longer than July, for the rest of the year or into next year, then that's a huge amount of oil not in the market and prices will go up. And if you don't kind of position yourself, you're going to get you know. <laughs> rinsed by that basically so so oh that's that's where that's where we got to on monday the big problem for 
the second big problem for Prince Abdul Aziz is that what you want if you're a swing producer when you when that happens is you want the oil price to kind of go zoop like that and just go up to 90 or something immediately because people go oh you know these guys mean business actually what happened it kind of went up what one and a half or something and it, that was that was that was it basically and he must be like head in his hands in, in some palace in Riyadh somewhere because it's just it's 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 highly annoyingly for him it's happened this time it also kind of happened when they did another voluntary cut in in April, in, in, in April, April right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, they've now had two situations where, you know, they've kind of pulled the lever and intending something to happen, and uh, there's just not much has happened, right? And that is kind of so. You know, if that, that the whole thing is where do we go from here? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. One, one thing that I thought, I thought was interesting about what you said at the beginning is just like you know the seven-hour meeting that the, they're deliberating over this deal. So what happens if Saudi's plan doesn't work? I mean, I don't get the impression from what you've said that the others are clamoring to cut in the way that they no, are. Yeah, that I think that's the tricky part is that the other producers appear to be, you know, either constrained by their own capacity like they actually cannot produce as much as the quotas are um, suggesting so one thing that happened at the meeting is that uh, for the African countries um, who are producing below the quota official quota um, I think OPEC actually decided that we're going to lower your quota to bring your production level to much closer to reality so some people see that as a way of paving way for like, oh, there, there will be actual cuts by the African countries down the road, but that's, that still remain, remains a question. And also for producers like Russia, I think one thing is that even though they have been underproducing as well, uh, be, below the, the official quota, the, the export level hasn't really collapsed as much as people have ex- expected, partly because I think they've been exporting a lot to China, India, um, and, and, and that just kind of, is messing up with people's expectations because people keep thinking that oh there will be you know on the supply on the supply but all these other countries are you know either trying to produce as much as they can or they're not really so affected by western sanctions so far um and it really also raises the question whether saudi arabia and other countries want to keep losing market share right places like asia because for example i think in china um I think Russia is widely expected to replace Saudi Arabia as the top producer, so, uh, sub, sorry, top supplier this month. And even though I think maybe Saudis are quite comfortable exporting, increasing their market share to Europe, um, I don't know, at what point would they think like we, we don't want to take the pain anymore? We don't want to lower production, yeah. lower, you know, even more. That's a, that's a crucial kind of point because basically it's like, you know, Saudi is Saudi can cut and cut and cut and cut, but there is the risk of losing market share. But also, you just make less money. But like the whole idea of you cut and the price goes up and it's a wash, you don't you don't lose money. But if you cut and the price doesn't go up, you're just making less money. And like periodically, you have these situations. Like it's really quite rare, but like um, in April 2020, for example, um, there was or March April. Um, just around the time when COVID was kind of really rearing its head, you had this situation where 
Russia and uh, Saudi fell out and they stopped kind of they stopped kind of saying, OK, well, we just we're trying to work together to kind of hold the line and, and cut and maintain the oil price. It was just a right. We're just going to pump what we like, which is like the opposite of what kind of OPEC and OPEC plus is supposed to be about. And in that situation, everything, everything becomes very unstable because you just have Saudi is the biggest player in the world. And if they if they want to pump 11, 12, then that will have a fairly obvious effect on the oil. But I mean, it's a kind of it's, it's a kind of step you don't want to take if you're Saudi, but, but like you will do it if you're really annoyed at everybody else not doing their fair share of cuts or whatever. I don't think we're particularly near any of that yet. It's just that's, you know, in terms of where where do we what does this all kind of potentially mean if OPEC is unstable and not kind of not fit for purpose? That's where you can end up. Um, and that kind of messes up the oil price. Um, but I suppose if you're a Saudi Arabia from here, I mean, your levers that you can pull are if this doesn't work and we're seeing that it mm. doesn't, the market's telling us that they, they don't really believe it. Mm. So if that doesn't work, you can cut again, which you sacrifice market share mm. or you could flood the market, which then you fall. Yeah, you probably, you, yeah you, you probably will. What probably will happen is that because what what the oil traders we're speaking to are saying is uh that he's just absolutely he's probably just hang tough for because he's they're saying the balances um in the the market should become the physical market should become noticeably tighter this quarter and as traders start to see that and as long as they're not freaking out too much about a recession then the price will start to go up and then Abdul Aziz will chill out. Um, he'll be, you know, happy. But uh, if that doesn't happen, then you do get into this kind of problem where they either have to um, cut themselves, cut, uh, force the other members of OPEC, kind of like arm twist them to cut their 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 levels as well, um, and hope that they do. Because if and then then if they don't, at some point, that kind of doomsday scenario of everyone just pumping what they want um, happens. Uh, you know, Saudi's whole, Saudi's whole strategy is to never get to that. But like, ultimately, that's their. You talk about them being the central bank of oil, as some people do, um, or you know, that that's what OPEC is trying to achieve. Like, it's a bit like the 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 the, the kind of the dance between the Fed um, with interest rates and investors vetting they're not going to raise interest rates. It's just like, you know, the Fed ultimately has a big stick, which they could just whack up interest rates. And the, the equivalent for the equivalent for Saudi is they can do something unpleasant with their spare capacity of oil. Um, so there, there is a kind of... But there is, like a, there is a benefit, right? As in if they do flood the market, the benefit to the world is that oil prices come down. Yes, although I suppose ultimately the way in, the scenario in which they do do this would probably be a situation where the oil price was falling, you know, much softer than it currently is anyway. Because if if Saudi gets the impression that you know they can't whack the oil price up to where they want, and they're only doing nine million barrels a day, then they'll be like, well, if the oil price is like sixty or something, then we just we're going to increase our we're just going to pump as much as we can um just to make sure they kind of hold keeping their 
keep the market keep, share. Keep, keeping their or keeping their market share and keeping the, mm-hmm. the money they get from from the oil. Um, but it's it's a very kind of so in answer to your question, the problem the problem with that it would be good for the, the world to have lower oil prices, but the scenario we're probably talking about the um, situation when West Fat happens probably only comes about if you have a recession and that would be bad for the world. So all these things become... Maybe that's why they only said, you know, one month cut in July. They, they also cut... But yeah, it's a kind of... They're trying to shove people and at the moment it's not working. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, plenty to watch out for. Thank you very much for that, George and Yao. Very interesting. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashtich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. To the heart of U.S. politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.